You are listening to Indigo Arts Alliance presents Voices and Visions, the podcast, produced by Flo Edwards on WMPG 90.9 FM. All of those times going out to, to listen and explore was a sign from nature. And so I associate that with signature, sign from nature. Hello, and welcome to Voices and Vision with Indigo Arts Alliance, where we'll highlight some of the wonderful conversations between some of the artists that have spent time in residency with us. You just heard a clip from today's interview where you'll hear our artists talk more about their work, mentorships, and experience in our residency program. Today on Voices and Visions, we have Arissa White and Signature Mimi, part two, who were artists in our mentorship residency program in July and August of 2022. Signature Mimi is a poet, spoken word artist, language enthusiast, and creative expressionista working in Maine. Being born in the Philippines and raised in the U.S., Mimi writes and draws upon her experiences being a multi-ethnic child of the AAPI diaspora. She uses words, sounds, visuals, spaces, earth, and technology to share stories of survival, decolonization, alignment, and balance. Arissa White is an assistant professor of English and creative writing at Colby College. As the creator of the Beautiful Things Project, Arissa curates poetic collaborations that are rooted in Black queer women's ways of knowing. Currently, and within her residency, Arissa is working on an Afro-speculative opera set between the material and spiritual worlds, where three females' lives intersect because of a murder-suicide. Her poetry is widely published, and her collections have been nominated for a AACP Image Award and a Lambda Literary Award. She has won the Per Diem Poetry Prize, Maine Literary Award, Nautilus Book Award, and an Independent Publisher Book Award. Here is Arissa White and Signature Mimi, part two. We hope you enjoy. My name is Signature Mimi, and I'm a poetic being, a creative expressionista, and a nomadic sorcerer. Uh, my practice is very exploratory and experimental and very spiritual. Uh, take a lot of my observations of the world around me uh, and just explore multiple truths that coexist alongside each other and constantly asking why, uh, constantly asking who and how. What and where sometimes come through, but <laughs> it's mostly those, those first three. It's also upcycled in a lot of ways. Really, whatever I can get my hands on and work with and create with, I'll find something to do with it. I see so much inspiration around me and, and through conversations with people. Um, I do a lot of listening uh, to spirit, to ancestors, and really have my practice as my body is a vessel and a channel for what's coming through and being a messenger for all that is, all that is coming through. My work does take physical form in many different ways. Uh, sometimes it comes through pieces or poems. 
Sometimes it comes through foot paintings. Sometimes it comes through the upcycling process. And so when I come across random cardboard or pieces of plastic, finding ways to reimagine that piece and, and recreate it or create something new from it entirely. A lot of my practice comes in physical form, again, through like channeling. One of the things that I do is upcycle beads and create with plastic wrappers. And this is a practice that I, I learned from my Lola, my grandmother, who would just take chip bags and candy wrappers and, and turn them into beads. And I had no idea what she was doing, and we didn't have a common language to talk about it. But I would watch her do this very frequently. And then one day she just appeared in the kitchen and she had this curtain that she made out of all of these strung beads. As I've gotten older, I, I think back to all of the creative inspiration that I had, that I was around and surrounded by growing up. And I eventually like found my way into making those beads myself. And the physical part is like, yeah, creating the beads, but also feeling her with me and like, feeling her, her hands, you know, guiding my hands as I'm, I'm making these things. And I would say that, that that feeling is very connected in other ways to other types of things that I create when I'm thinking of like foot paintings. Like what am I tapping into? What am I connecting with? What wants to come through? Uh, what wants to be seen? And then sometimes it's like performances, and I don't really consider it performance per se, but more so an offering. And so being um, in front of a live audience and being able to, to share these words that are to me alive and breathing and constantly evolving, you know, whether the words themselves shift on a page or the energy behind them shifts being able to bring that out um, in front of folks feels really special. Yeah, the landscape and, and background into, into my process and practices now, far back as I can remember, I've always been wanting to like play with, with words, with colors, with collage, with, again, whatever I can get my hands on. Specifically with writing, there was point in my life where I was working with some producers um, in my hometown and uh, that process I experienced a, some harm with that group of people. Actually let me backtrack a little bit. I want to share about the the way that I came to be Signature Mimi. With working with those producers at the time I was encouraged to always sign and date my work. And so I started that habit when I was about like 14 or so. When I was 15, I was working on a song and I went to go sign my, my name and date it. And for whatever reason, the name Signature Mimi came out, two capital M's and everything. I didn't know where that came from, but it just stuck with me. And I was like, all right, I guess this is how I have to, to sign my, my pieces now is Signature Mimi. As I've gotten older, going back and forth with thinking about names 
and whether or not I want to use my name that was given to me or my name that was given to me. And I've gone back and forth if I want to use, use them. And I've come to the point where I start exploring, like, what does signature Mimi really mean? And I've come to these conclusions that it is this, like, balance of who I am with the names that were given to me by my family and the names that were given to me by my creative juices and the directions in which those are, are pulling me in and finding a, a balance between those two worlds because there was a long part of my life where I felt like I had to live two different lives. There was like this professional part of me that was like, oh, this IT-oriented person, which is stuff that I studied, but then there was also this like creative expressionista in me that was just like needing to get out. And yeah, the more that I, I think about that name too and, and think about landscape, I have spent so much of my younger years as a runaway and the places that I would run away to were in nature, always coming to the water, always finding like a river or a creek and whatever intentions I had like going to those places, being in the stillness and listening to the waters or listening to the critters or seeing the critters come up, there was something uh, really nourishing and healing and just tremendously spiritual that I didn't necessarily understand when I was younger. But now I associate, oh, all of those times going out to, to listen and explore was a sign from nature. And so I associate that with signature, sign from nature. Mm -hmm. And just that, that deep listening um, of surrounding and also the, the deep listening that comes from inside and those, those two parts of me, hence the two capital M's. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. It, it reminds me too of like thinking of like home and feeling like multiple, I call myself a nomadic sorcerer because mm -hmm. I feel like I have multiple homes yeah. and this idea of being nomadic, being able to revisit the same places again and again. Mm -hmm and yeah, the influences of the people in the home. I grew up as an only child, mm -hmm. and so I spent a lot of time by myself, surrounded by a lot of adults who, I think they, how do I say? I was often told to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And so being able to tap into like my creative process as a, a source of like guidance mm -hmm. and like exploration, was so helpful and thinking of um, just the ways my heart feels spread across oceans mm -hmm. and really um, using writing as a tool to reimagine, you know, even though family is separated yeah. in this time, how can I, I, I write about things that maybe we're closer together in that way mm -hmm. or like calling in the things that I wish we're different yeah. and stuff. So yeah, seeing how home and family really, really influences the craft. The contents of my work is oftentimes prayer, letters to the universe or whoever is listening. There is this 
almost like a a call and response, I would say, too. My poetry started out as a way to acknowledge harm and pain that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And other ways that I create allow me to, to tap into other emotions. And so depending on what it is that I'm creating, it has a different vibration to it. Revisiting poetry that I've written in younger years to see the the evolution of it and to witness like my own growth with my writing. And oftentimes when I write something, like it, it comes from a place of like feeling the words. It's not necessarily like just thinking about, oh, this sounds good together. No, like a lot of it is really with the spoken word and what is the vibration that wants to to come through or like what is the vibration that feels comfortable. And I think a lot about like words in that way because English is not my first language, but it is the language that I'm fluent in. And having had influences of multiple languages being spoken in my home growing up and then being in a community with other people from the same country as I, but who have different languages and dialects and parts of their culture and being immersed in that and witnessing some similarities, but then some really distinct differences. And then my own learning through languages in school and learning about like my home being colonized and the influences of Spanish language on on our words and just all of these these different things coming together and using poetry as like my own language Mm -hmm. and like finding the language that that I speak fluently so even though English is a fluent language poetry is my language Mm -hmm. that's the language that I I know how to speak and it's not even just like, again, what is on the page, but like what is, what is being felt and what is vibrating. Things that I write about, family life, things that I wish were different, also like hopes and aspirations of a better world within myself and a better world around me. I say that only poetry could have brought me here because it's the only thing that's kept me here. It's the thing that I keep coming back to, that I find return in, that I find home in, that I find my voice in. And it's really the only thing that has like taken me all the places that I've been, regardless of how my practice has evolved. It's always been through, through poetry and that. Yeah, soul planting uh, is based off of the footprint free paints that I love to do. Yeah, painting with my feet is something that uh, has carried me for a couple of years now. And it's like my own personal invitation to not have to limit myself only to words as a form of creative expression or to like only embody that part of my poetic being. And so when I think about the, the foot painting, as a, as a way to give and receive, uh, specifically 
thinking about our feet as portals and the ways in which messages can transfer um, from ourselves into the earth uh, as well as the other way into our bodies. And so the invitation for people is to think about their, their feet as portals and what messages are, are coming through um, and to, to be rooted, to find, find rootedness and balance within those messages, whether that's like carrying us further with the footsteps that we'll, we'll continue to walk or as a, a reminder of the footsteps that have been here before. And again, it's a way to, to be able to express, not necessarily with words. It's hard to, to look at a blank page sometimes mm-hmm. and be like, okay, what does this page want to say? <laughs> you know? And I found myself like, when you say like, I'm feeling like an imposter sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I've felt as much of an artist until like being in this space. Yeah. You know, like I've always felt like a, a poet. You know, that, that part feels, always felt very natural. But like really exploring these other ideas that I have and like the representations of what it means to be an artist. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's really just about that deep listening and that tuning in. <laughs> and I feel like the, the foot painting encourages people to, to do that kind of deep listening. And then thinking about planting and the the humus Mm -hmm. soil. It's like, yeah, here we are. We've had this moments of like embodying, like what does it mean? What are these these questions? How do we dare to be bold? You know, and then to be able to to not have to think so much about it, but just allow our bodies to feel it, Mm -hmm. I thought was such a a beautiful combination of the two. And I would say also that I think the, the foot painting is a way to, to find a, a balance in motion, so to speak. I was sharing with folks earlier that I felt like I've lived, my, my spirit has lived just above my, my physical body. It hasn't always been like completely inside this vessel. I like to think that it's maybe like two feet up. <laughs> And so like, it's kind of there, but also like I could spend a lot of time outside of it. And I think that there's, there's value in being able to do that. And then at the same time, like what does it mean to actually like be in this vessel, be on this earth, be walking these footsteps. And the painting allows for some of that symbolism to come through of like what's being channeled and be able to, to lay it out and interpret it and reinterpret it, because it's not gonna feel the same every time. And it's not gonna look the same and no two eyes are gonna see it the same. And so to, to uh, honor that reminder that multiple truths exist mm-hmm. within ourselves and beyond. And I feel like the foot, the foot painting and the, the soul planting really embodies that. It brings up like a thought that I had to just like, not necessarily with my, my craft, but in a sense, yes, because part of what I, I practice is creating space for other people to tap into their authentic voice and their creative juices. And I just remember the moments of um, like curiosity within myself, like going back to thinking of being a runaway and like mm-hmm. always doing this like listening outside. And then in my later 20s, I came across a group that 
they have this beautiful framework around a spiral. Mm -hmm. And spiral is like, that was the shape that I created in nice. uh, today's workshop. But yeah, this movement around a spiral. And without like talking more about that group, one of the things that was really striking to me was, and it was a predominantly white group at the time, um, how they were talking about things that felt so like real to me, mm -hmm. but I never had the words for it because they've been like stripped away, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever conditioning, learning and unlearning that needed to take place. But I never felt close to those to those things. And then coming across this group that had words to like name it yeah. was like, dang, mm -hmm. these are the things that our people have been doing for for so long. <laughs> so long. And then these folks, you know, found things to, to name it. Mm -hmm. And the I guess the point that I want to make is feeling it already in my body. Yes. And that's what I hear from you is like yeah. the arriving within our body yes. to that curiosity yeah. and le letting that lead us. Yeah, I just constantly think about that, all the ways in which we've been just stripped away mm -hmm. and told that like we're not, what we have to say isn't important or it's not valuable. Mm -hmm. And then someone else with a lighter complexion is able to like speak those same things that they learn from yeah. <laughs> people that look like us. Totally. And like regurgitate it and make it like be palatable. Totally. And yeah, it's it's so empowering to to remember. It's such an honor to have been able to share this time together and I mean, we briefly met each other last year yeah. with workshops coinciding each other, right? But this has been such a tremendous gift. And I just remember feeling very reluctant mm -hmm. to the invitation to begin with, because I don't like to apply to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if the path is not clear, then it's not for me. And to overcome that reluctance and to like really try something that is is very new to me mm -hmm. like I've, i have i don't focus on my work in that way it's just like a part of like my life yeah. and i fought so hard to keep doing it in the way that i do so i really really respect and um am taking in what you just shared with me because like i've always felt like a black sheep in my family with like this is it's okay to just like be and just, you know, allow yourself to, to be guided by the wind and have met so much resistance mm -hmm. for that free spirit and have been told that I'm so, that's not what I'm supposed to do yeah. or that it's not appropriate or, or anything like that. And I just believe that so much of our, our voices and our energy, it's meant to be shared with each other. Yeah. In it's like most beautiful ways, mm -hmm. you know, and often those beautiful ways are when we're able to just be. Yeah. Just be. And I've just, I've learned so much from you as well, especially around our conversations about grief. Mm -hmm. And this, this beauty, beautiful embodiment of, of the libretto that you've created over multiple decades. <laughs> <laughs> multiple decades and I just I think that that's so so powerful because 
oftentimes, like, there, there gets to be a point where, like, we think that the pain is just gonna stop. Yeah. But the pain doesn't necessarily stop. The grief doesn't necessarily stop. It just evolves and it transforms. Yeah. And you are a walking testament to how that, that grief can transform and breathe new life. And it's so, it's so powerful to, to witness you like working on the pieces. And you said this is like the fifth rendition of it. And so to, to really allow the breath of that piece to continue and the heartbeat of those, those lives to continue. It's so incredibly honorable and beautiful. That was Arissa White and Signature Mimi, part two on Voices and Vision. We hope you enjoy listening to this conversation between the artists we have worked with here at Indigo Arts Alliance. Thank you for listening and please stay tuned for next month's talk. You have been listening to Indigo Arts Alliance presents Voices and Visions, the podcast produced by Flo Edwards on WMPG 90.9 FM.